you also have to start to shift the relationship you have to money. So if money has always been a source of pain, of like lack of scarcity, you have to start to shift your relationship and like learn to trust money and trust yourself, right? So- the first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome to the Conquer Approach. I appreciate you for tuning in today. I have Ari. She's the money queen behind Badass Budget Babe with over seven years of industry experience as an accountant and CFO. Uh, She brings her knowledge and financial strategy and expertise to help dozens of companies from startup stage up to multi seven figures. Thank you, Ari, for joining us today. Hey, how's it going? is going great and is great to connect with you. Uh, This is a subject that I know a lot of people are interested in and being in the entrepreneurial space, I think it's important to connect how our mindset affects our financial success. And I'm excited to talk about it with you. But before we get into that, if you could tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to become so passionate about money and helping others. Yeah. So I went to college, did not know what I wanted to be like, thought I was like, maybe I'll be a pediatrician and maybe I will like do volunteer work in Africa. Like it was everywhere. Um, and settled on accounting as a major and like was good at it. But, you know, after going the traditional route, it was just not, it was like, okay, the numbers are cool, but like I struggled with my own finances at that point, like coming out of college, you know, they offer credit cards like candy when you're in college and all this stuff. And so it was like, I knew all the numbers and I knew the math and like something was still just like not clicking. Um, And so I like switched careers altogether and started working uh, while I was like selling advertising, but I like started working on the side with someone who started teaching me about money mindset and like the way that like our mindsets affect everything. And I like took a Sam Ovens course and I was like, oh my God, the brain, (laughs) this is amazing. Um, And so kind of then like, you know, after a couple of years of like learning about it really started to put together the like, oh, here is like where your mindset comes in. And then like, also though, like you can't just be like, oh, I'm saying my affirmations, but then like you never check your bank account and like I'm doing my morning formula, but like I, I'm like swipe, I'm, I'm building up credit card debt, like, right? Like you've got to have both. And so once I put those together, it was just like, oh, like that's, that's the formula. So that's pretty much here. <laughs> Not like, it's so important though. Like it affects everything. And so now I'm like super passionate about just changing all the way that we think about it. What, what inspired you to get out of what would be like corporate America as like accountant and CFO to start your own business? Because that's a huge jump uh, and transition right there. Yeah, I always knew I like from when I was maybe like four or five knew I wanted to have my own businesses like 
you could ask my parents. I had like a bakery at one point. I had a dog walking business that went terribly. I was like three feet tall. Did not go, <laughs> did not go well. <laughs> um, like as I always, always knew that I wanted to like be my own boss. And I think one of the things that led me to an accounting degree was like, well, I don't know what kind of business I want, but like every business needs to make money and they need to know how to manage it. So like, okay, like let's do this. And, and it was like, once I was in that world and even when I was getting my degree, everybody, I'd be like, yeah, I'm an accounting major. And they'd be like, you, like, you like to party till 2am. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're, you want to be an accountant. You're not boring basically. And so once I like was in that field, it was very like, I mean, I would get in trouble for talking too much. And I'm like, can I dye my hair pink? And they're like, no, like, please don't do that. Don't do that. Um, so that kind of was like a huge piece of just like the culture of like being an accountant in fluorescent lighting in a cubicle with like a little suit. Like it just was not ever a fit. Um, and so like, it was kind of both of those things together. That's great because I, I do see that you work with a lot of other companies. So that's great that you you were able to create something of your design and still do work that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, but but with that, I know our finances are a reflection of our beliefs about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe it's a direct mirror of our beliefs of how worthy we are to have uh, success in finances. Uh, from from your experiences, how how is our beliefs a direct reflection to our financial success? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's such it's really like just this quantifiable way to like see everything that's going on inside. And so, I guess like the way that I see it is like if you, I tend to see a lot of like in people that are maybe like struggling financially, I'll see a lot of beliefs of like, um, unworthiness of like, like a a disbelief of like, can I do what I love to do and make money? Or like, I have to hustle and burn out if I want to make the kind and like have the kind of money I want. And like, I'm tired of being burnt out. So I'm just going to have no money. Right. Or like, um, and it's like, it's, it's exactly what you said. Like it's a direct, direct correlation. And even once you get into people that are earning higher, you end up with a lot of fears of like, can I keep it? And like, am I actually like, who am I to have this much? And like, so I'll see self-sabotage patterns when they hit like a certain level that feels big. And we kind of have to like recalibrate what the, like your floor is, you know what I mean? Like what you're like, this is the bare minimum. And like, now we can keep going. I I agree with that because you also notice when, when you have the subconscious belief that you're only capable or worthy of making this amount of money. Mm -hmm. If you make more than that subconsciously, you won't even understand why, but you would somehow end up back at where that, that glass ceiling is of your beliefs. 100%. So how, how does how does someone get aware that they are either self-sabotaging or they have the mindset to not even have the financial success? Like where, where does that come from for people? Um, it comes from like just g- being intentional about like the like getting hyper aware, right? So like when you spend money, what do you like what do you tend to say for like about it? And do you say something different when it's like a need? versus a want versus like a luxury. Um, 
do you find, you know, where does your identity, like something, so like I said, like when I was an accountant, I was really, like I was like working like 80 hours a week and somehow still struggling with money, right? And when like, now I'm able to like look back 10 years ago and be like, oh, okay, like I see what was going on, but like something about my identity, for example, an example of like figuring out where my identity lied, um, being like superwoman was a huge piece of my identity. I can do anything. I'm like, I always come through. I like get shit done. And um, the cycle that that created in my finances was I'd run out of money at the end of the month. And now all of a sudden I get to be super woman, woman. I get to save the day and figure out in three, you know, on the 28th, how I'm going to come up with rent money. Right. And so like, so that was something that like, I can look back and be like, because I've seen that identity piece now show up in like all these other areas too, that I'm like, oh, like that's, that was such a, a hardcore piece of my identity um, that, that I, I kept myself in that cycle, for example. So I would say just getting hyper aware, listening to what you say, seeing where repeating patterns end up in different areas of your life. Like, do you do the same thing with your health habits and like with the cleanliness of your house and like where is the connection because like we said right it comes all back to how I feel about myself so if if that's where it's coming from it's gonna show up in multiple areas so yeah like what do you say when people give you money what do you say when you have to make your money if someone handed you a million dollars or whatever number feels really big and they just gave it to you how would you like where would you feel that in your body how, like, are you freaking out? Are you, I would say just getting hyper aware, listening to what you say, seeing where repeating patterns end up in different areas of your life. Like, do you do the same thing with your health habits and like with the cleanliness of your house and like, where is the connection? Cause like we said, right. It comes all back to how I feel about myself. So if, if that's where it's coming from, it's gonna show up in multiple areas. Like, do you feel unworthy? Like just kind of just play with them. I mean, tons of journaling, right? I started paying attention to literally like every single time money was in the picture. How do I feel right now? What am I thinking about? Where are my fears? Where are my joys? Um, and and it, you'll start to see the patterns. That's extremely important to just understand your own relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people respond in a way and they're not even aware that they're thinking is preventing them from having mm -hmm. more than they currently have. Yeah. Like what's, what's really stopping someone from having financial freedom. I, I really believe it. It starts with the belief that they can. Because mm -hmm. immediately, you know, growing up with uh, not in a financially very successful home, I started noticing the thinking that separates uh poor families versus ones that are wealthier. Mm -hmm. And it really is the belief that it's possible for them. Have you seen that be true with the people that you worked with? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, even down as far as I had a client, um, she, and we were working on her personal finances constantly in this cycle of like, I just, uh, I burn out, like basically like, I'll work so hard to have like just enough. And then I burn out. So now I'm like, I take some days off of work or whatever. And I'm like back having to like hustle to like catch up now. Right. And so like the belief that she could have enough, more than enough money and have her health at the same time, that was like the kicker. 
that, I mean, we worked on that for, for months before she finally started to like, accept that, like, this is, this is for me. This is not just for other people out there that like, they can do it. Like, this is for me. Um, and really adopting that belief and, and a lot of decision-making, right? Like for her, she had to like, she literally woke up one day. I am done with this. I am done with this pattern. I am not available for this anymore. Like, but she got so sick and tired of being sick and tired that like, she was like, I'm either going to change this belief or I'm going to die trying. And like immediately, literally like the day she made that decision, things shifted. And it, like, now we text and she was like, oh my God, my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting because when when we do face times or obstacles uh, of extreme pain, when we have no choice but to make it happen, mm -hmm. we'll make it happen. But oftentimes we're we're talking ourselves out of what we could possibly do. Like imagine if you didn't believe in yourself enough to create your own business, mm -hmm. you would just still be sitting in the cubicle working for whatever companies. Mm -hmm. or company doing the same thing every single day and you probably wouldn't be as excited as you are or even talking to me right now because it's working hours right now <laughs> right exactly i'd be sitting in my cubicle wondering like maybe i could do this on a lunch break but because of that there, there's real no there's no limit on what someone can create mm -hmm. right once once the belief is there that it's possible and that's something that i uh, started to learn when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it was just mm -hmm. a simple question of like, how can I versus mm -hmm. I can't. It's just switching that. How can I? Mm -hmm. How can I start my own business? How can I grow? How can I continue to be successful? And a lot of that is just the mindset of day-to-day -day habits, which I think is the hardest part. And it's how do you help people start developing a habit where they really dig deep to start learning how their current habits are sabotaging. Like what, what habits do people need to start adapting to get yeah. to financial freedom? The first habit that changed for me, and I, it's typically what I start all my clients with, is doing what I call money dates. Um, so what was really important is the belief. And so you also have to start to shift the relationship you have to money. So if money has always been a source of pain, of like lack of scarcity, you have to start to shift your relationship and like learn to trust money and trust yourself, right? So I do this thing called money dates and literally like the concept is just you, you take yourself on a full-on date, like the candles and the music and the like fancy dish whatever. I like to do mine at brunch because that's like my favorite meal of the day. So like a mimosa and my favorite coffee or whatever. Um, and, and you make it this event that you want to attend. It's, it's a source of love. Right. And, and whatever that means to you. Right. So like the client I was just talking to, she would do hers on like a Tuesday morning sitting in the park because to her, like luxury was like, I'm not working on a Tuesday morning and I can just go sit at the park and do this. Right. So like whatever that looks like for you. And I have a whole workbook. Like if anybody wants that, like you can, you can find it on my site. Um, but like you literally, you sit down, that's where you take out your, your finances and your spending plan. And what did I do that? I like loved making money. Like, was there a way that I loved making money this week? How can I do it more next week? Was there something I loved buying this week that like, how can I find more room in my budget for that. 
Um, are there things that I bought this week that I'm like, why did I buy that? Like that didn't really bring joy, right? And kind of like Marie Kondo, your whole financial picture. Um, and you sit down at the table. If you're just starting out and it, like this idea of like looking at your bank account once a week freaks you out or anything like that, or it just seems overwhelming, set a timer for like 30 to 45 minutes. If the timer dings and you're over it, great. Like come back to it next week. You're done. You did what you needed to do. I've never, I've had zero people come back to me and say, I, I stopped when the timer was done. I like was over it. They usually keep going. They're like, so in it by doing this week after week, you are now associating love and attention and luxury to your money. And it no longer is like, I'm associating fear and lack. I'm associating luxury and like self-love and, and all this and abundance really. And, and that's where your mind. And so now the next money thing that pops up like you have those feelings associated and you've totally like changed your neural pathways there. And so when you start to treat it like it's a relationship, the relationship changes. You know what I mean? Because now you're associating something you enjoy with mm -hmm. looking at your money. And I, I, I remember Ray Dalio saying, uh, Ray Dalio, one of the like richest guys ever. <laughs> he said, you can't manage what you don't measure. Mm -hmm. And that's something that always stuck with me. Uh, and it's something I still struggle with, to be honest, I, to just managing it by looking at, looking mm -hmm. at it. And I think that's one of the simplest things that most people can improve on is just keeping it in front of you. Because yeah. when you're seeing the effects of what you do, all the amounts of money you spend on like food, because before I started managing it, I, I remember looking at my budget once and was like, wow, I spent 600 or something dollars on like food. Like, I don't even remember <laughs> eating that much <laughs> i'm still hungry <laughs> <laughs> like i don't have any food at home but <laughs> so yeah. it's just that awareness piece by just look at managing it yeah. or measuring it yeah once you start making it measurable it's easier to manage and then you start noticing I don't need mm -hmm. to spend money on when I was in college. And this was like, when it was like, Oh, this is a problem. I was working three jobs like during school. And that was another piece of my identity. I'm such a hard worker. Right. Which is great. But like really messed me up on like how easy it is to make money. But yeah, I was working three jobs, going to school full time. And I had, it was time to like move in from the dorms into an apartment. And I had like zero money for furniture. And I'm like, hold the phone. Like, I work 50 hours a week. Why am I working 50 hours a week? And I'm nothing to show for it. And then I like went and looked at my bank statements and it was like, oh, you go to the mall every single week. I could look at my closet and would tell you like, I have no idea what I bought. And so like that awareness of like, I'm, I'm literally spending money on things that don't matter to me. And that's another piece that like a lot of people kind of, you know, I get a lot of questions on like, how much should I spend on whatever category? And it's like, well, it's your money, A. So like spend, and what's his name? Ramit Sethi. Like he's, he wrote a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Definitely recommend. Very good book. Spend on the stuff that like you actually love and then stop spending money on the rest. And like, you'll have, you'll have so much money left over if you just stop spending on the stuff that like doesn't actually matter to you. Bringing that awareness and like looking at the bank statements, it, it just shows you and you don't have to feel any shame or guilt about it. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, oh, oops, like, I don't really like Starbucks that much. I should probably stop going every day. Great. Like, keep it moving. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think you can even go even deeper when, when you start noticing those habits. Because a lot of times I feel people are trying to fill a need or a void in their life mm -hmm. by spending 
money on things. I, I could easily just go out to eat every day to feel comfort. Mm-hmm. If I'm lacking it everywhere else in my life. Or if buying a new outfit is the only way you feel, you know, certainty in your life, then that becomes a habit where you start associating that with feeling good in general, instead yeah. of not spending it and feeling good. So I, I, I really think it's important to look past the, just the, the behavior, but the cause of the behavior. Because yeah. most, most of the times, I think people are just trying to feel better or bring yeah. more pleasure, which is usually a distraction. And I, was that a distraction for you that just going to the mall, shopping, yeah. doing whatever? Oh yeah. It was the, like, I work so hard and this is the only way I could think to like treat myself. It was the, oh, like I'm having a, like a terrible day. I feel terrible. So I'm going to go buy something that makes me feel better. Um, or I, I feel so great. Let's go spend money. Right. Like it was like all these things. And when I started to pay attention to that, it was like, well, wait, does like buying a new pair of shoes actually like make me feel better. And then it was like, well, I mean, like sometimes, yeah, like I love a good pair of shoes, but like sometimes like, no, sometimes it's okay. Go deal with the problem or, um, you know, go to the gym. That's going to make you feel better too. And like, you know, all these different habits that I could replace with and by bringing the awareness and just knowing, like I, by seeing it in black and white, it became super clear to me. Like, I don't feel good about this. I'm looking at this in black and white. I'm seeing the numbers and it doesn't make me feel good. So now what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and you can't really just make a habit disappear. So what, what kind of things should people start doing to replace their negative spending habits mm. with positive ones besides the, the money date? Because uh, I like that idea. But what else do you think can help people? So A is like figure out what works for you. Um, if you're trying to, and like, so I'm very big on like my Myers-Briggs type. I make all my clients give me their Myers-Briggs, their human design type. Like sometimes not very good at astrology, but like sometimes I'll ask for their natal charts. Like I want to know who are you? Because then we can take that information and say, for me, I'm an ENFP. I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm we're like the golden retrievers of the like Myers-Briggs types. Like we literally just want to like go party and like just the world should just be a really fun place. (laughs) Everybody be happy. Right. And I know that if that's my personality and I'm, I'm okay, I'm good with that. I like that about me putting myself into like a pigeonholed budget or like trying to Dave Ramsey it and like never see a whole, like a, what is it? Like a restaurant, unless you're working there, if you're in debt, like whatever, like being so strict, I, I learned well the hard way, like that's just not going to work for me. It's not. And so like a figure out who the heck you are and how can you use that to your advantage? Right. That's going to be like the most helpful thing you can do is like, how can you use your natural state of being to, to your advantage? So knowing I need to have fun, for example, I started instead of having, oh, I'll just buy stuff whenever I buy stuff, a certain percentage of my income automatically went into its own separate bank account. And I would automatically put money in there every single time I got paid. And now that was like my, okay, well, so I used to call it blow money. And then someone was like, well, that's cocaine. So it's not that kind of blow money. But it was like my effort money, right? Like you can spend that on whatever you want. You can go do whatever fun things, buy, you can go buy the shoes 
But like now all of a sudden it fit into my long-term financial goals of like saving more and getting out of debt and building a business. And I could sustainably put my fun energy into a box, right? And like, I knew that was going to work for me. Once you kind of know more about yourself, you know, things, different tactics that can work. So having like its own separate fund, I typically use percentages for that kind of thing because the more money I make, the more fun that I automatically get to have um, versus like a flat, like here's 50 bucks, go don't spend it all in one place. So that's something that can work really well. I also have a list of like activities that are out of the norm that like feel fun to me. Like I'm like, take a dance class. And like, I want to learn how to like, drive like fast and the furious people like I want like like there's like (laughs) some of them are big and some are small like I want to learn Spanish better like right so I have an actual list in my journal of things and whenever something comes up that I think I would enjoy I'll add it to the list and so now when I'm like oh I feel really terrible instead of going to buy a pair of shoes I'm gonna go look at this list of things I know are gonna like add to my life and I'll go pick something from there and like, I'll get it that way. Who was it that said, I want to say it was like Jay-Z, but it might've been somebody else, but said like, if you can't pay it for it, if you can't pay for it twice, you can't pay for it. So putting like, if there's something I want to buy, I have to be able to match that in my savings account. Like at like, so if it's 50 bucks, I got to put 50 in savings and then I can go buy it play with it. Like money is a game. And I know that's hard. Like, especially if you're struggling financially or you're like, this is hard, that money hurts. That's hard to hear and can feel very like, Oh, like that's nice for you. Right. But if you can look at it like an experiment, right. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna make sure my necessities are covered. Don't go spend your rent money experimenting on this. I got my basics covered. And so now I can go experiment with how I define luxury and I define my ideal life and I define success and I define what I love and I can go play with it. Like once a quarter, I, I look back at like, what was my strategy this quarter? What did I like? What did I hate? Try something new. Like, give you so many strategies. <laughs> I've been trying it for a long time, but that's kind of like where I'd start. Like that's how you start changing your habits. It's like, play with it. It's, there's always more money to be made. I swear there's, there's, mm-hmm. oh, if you, you go add value, get creative, there's always money to be made and you, you can't mess up too bad. Mm-hmm. So. And we're, we're creative. I, I think even if you're struggling with money, notice that like, this mm-hmm. is, this is, I've been uncomfortable in this aspect of my life, how can I earn just a little bit extra? Yeah. Once you start th- when you start asking yourself that question, you're, I believe your brain is going to do most of the work for you because your brain, you, we're only using a small p- part of our brain consciously. So when we're asking ourselves that question, our brain will start getting ideas. Like yeah. when you were a little kid, let me go walk a dog, but now I'm too small. That doesn't work. Let me make 11 eights there, whatever. Like, there's a lot of ways you can earn a little bit of extra income. Yeah. And then you can always ask more, like, how can mm-hmm. I turn this into more money? How can I make it work for me? Yeah. Right? How can I invest it? How can I save it? How, there's so many things you can do yeah. when you start asking yourself what's possible. And if you're struggling to come up with an idea, this is another thing I would have clients do is three, write down three money-making ideas for 10 days straight. Like, and they could, sometimes they were good. Like, right. Like I can go sell, like I've got clothes with the tags on them that I can go sell. Sometimes it was like, I could donate plasma. Like, you know, like whatever you can come up with, if you can, but you'll have now 30 money-making ideas 
at least two of them have to be like actionable. And that would be like a good idea for you, right? Oh, I could, I could turn this money date idea into a workbook and I could sell it for $3. Am I going to make a million dollars off it? Probably not. If someone bought this money date workbook, what would be the next thing that would make them more successful? And now boom, like there's another idea. If you give yourself the room and the like intention, like they'll, you'll come up with that. Ask your mom if you don't have any ideas, you know, someone will, <laughs> so you could go on Facebook and be like, someone give me an idea to make money. And like, someone will tell you to go buy cryptocurrency. So <laughs> at this point, you just Google it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you will probably get like a thousand ideas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like don't make it harder than it has to be. Now I, I know financial education is not part of our school system really. Unless you intentionally study it in college. Um, and even then it's not being, it's not very entrepreneurial in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, but, but just for, for a college student, if, if you were a college student right now and you were doing those things you were doing, not spending your money wisely, what's the best advice you could give someone who is, you know, graduated high school in college and that never had the opportunity to listen to someone with financial education? Three pieces of advice. One, focus on cash on hand, especially if you have any sort of like entrepreneurial spirit. They say like most business, I think it's like 80% of businesses close down within the first three years. And I don't believe it's because 80% of businesses have like bad ideas or aren't good at what they do or whatever, right? Like it's not because they couldn't do it. It's because they run out of money before they, they can get off the ground. And if you don't focus on keeping cash, then that's when, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, my car broke down and I have to go take out debt because I can't get to work without that. And like, if you had a savings account, like you could. Um, so really like make that a priority. You can have fun and save money at the same time, right? Spend less than you make. So you have some leftover and pay yourself first from that. Thing number two, debt is not bad but it should only be used for leverage and for investments. You also have to start to shift the relationship you have to money. So if money has always been a source of pain, of like lack of scarcity, you have to start to shift your relationship and like learn to trust money and trust yourself, right? So to go put a pair of shoes on a credit card is even if it's a state, like whatever, $200 on a credit card of shoes is very, very different than investing $200 into a course or a program that's going to help me get better. And I'm going to make that $200 back because I spent it. Those shoes are never going to get me anything else but a pair of shoes. So I wouldn't suggest using debt on that. I've invested that I had $0 in my bank account, but I had a credit card and I've invested. And then because of that investment made money and was obviously able to pay back the credit card, but also like grew because of it. So that's my opinion on debt. And thing number three is if you focus on, if you don't make pleasure in or fun or whatever, however you want to say that, a priority in your money making, and it's not always going to be fun. Honestly, as an accountant, I actually hate bookkeeping and I don't like doing taxes. Sometimes I do that because that's a part of my business. When I focus on what I'm good at and being better at that, and like that's fun for me is doing things like this, speaking and consulting, teaching about this. That's what makes me really happy. And if I focus on doing that, then like, I'm going to make more money by focusing on what I'm good at because I'm going to be happier or I may not make as much money. I'll be happier, right? Like I may not make a dollar after doing this podcast with you. It may lead to absolutely no new dollars. I've had a really fun time and 
I would do it again in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? So I'm going to be happier, even if it doesn't lead to other dollars, like focus on that. The world our parents grew up, it's just not the world that we're in. And they're going to be like, go do things that make money. And like, you go to college and you get a job and you make money and then you get a house. Hopefully one day you have some fun and just, (laughs) just doesn't make any sense. You can do both. You can make money and you can have fun at the same time. Go get creative on how that's Mm -hmm. the key. I think that's the biggest question right there. How can I have more fun and make money? How can I do more of what I enjoy doing and do less of what I don't enjoy? How can I hire someone to do what I don't like so I can focus on doing the things I like? And how can I just get creative? How can I use my brain again? Right. (laughs) Brilliant advice that I think a lot of people need to hear, especially uh, in the system that we're in. Right. I, I feel like school just programs us to just be employees and just kind of mm-hmm. be in debt forever and that's it until we're in our 60s and hopefully we can have fun there if we mm-hmm. paid all our debt <laughs> at that point how can people reach you and continue this conversation or work for you work with you or how yeah. so you can find me on instagram at badass budget babe all one word um if you are more of a Facebook person, you can find me at Ari Michelle. If you are interested in the Money Date Workbook, by the way, it's badassbudgetbabe.com slash money dates. And there's like a whole masterclass that goes with it, a workbook. And like I said, it's only like $3. So if you think that would be helpful, definitely check that out. And um, if you want to work together, yeah, slide in my DMs and, and we can chat about it. And we'll see like what I can do that could be a good fit. All right. Thank you, Ari. I know this episode will help a lot of people. Money is always an important part of our lives. Uh, So I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful you have this platform and that like I got to be a part of it and hope this helps some people. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share subscribe leave a rating and review so we can reach more people have a farther ripple and a larger impact stay grateful i appreciate you and remember you are a conqueror